0: Hi, I'm Casey Kausman, a 2022 Mirage Challenge Scholarship winner, and here's what Mirage Challenge means to me. It means staying true to myself and not giving in to peer pressure. It means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means setting a positive example for generations to follow. It means growing old and helping others do the same. I'm Casey Kausman, and I accept Mirage Challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are viewed tough.
1: Today's episode of the ButteCast is brought to you by Casa Grande Steakhouse. Sure, you know you cannot beat Casa Grande steaks, chicken marcella, and sushi, but did you know how much Butte's finest restaurant gives back to the community? Whether it is providing cooked-to-perfection entrees for the American Legion baseball concession stand or feeding the Butte High Bulldogs during their team meals, Casa Grande's is all about the mining city. Dine in and be treated like family. You can also have Casa Grande's handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Casa Grande's is a proud sponsor of the Buttecast.
2: Welcome to the Buttecast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley.
1: For more than a quarter of a century, I have had a close-up look at the work done by Chris Hurd. We started out at the University of Montana where he was a student and certified athletic trainer and I was a sports reporter for the school paper. I saw as Chris moved on from the Grizz, where he took care of the likes of Dave Dickinson, Randy Riley, and Brian Toon to work at Butte Central, taking care of the likes of Jake Stagnoli, Alex Murphy, and Brooke Bacorny. Then I saw him work at Montana Tech. Now that he is in charge of all the athletic trainers for the St. James sports medicine team, I still see the work that he is doing. I saw how he helped change the culture and the way injuries are treated in high school and college sports over the years. I saw how he was instrumental in developing concussion protocols that help keep student-athletes safe or at least safer. As a parent of a student athlete, and even some students who are not necessarily athletes, I am thankful that our community has such a program. I have seen it benefit my children, as well as yours. March is National Athletic Trainer Awareness Month, so I thought it would be a great time to sit down with my friend Chris for a talk. I met him in his office at St. James Healthcare yesterday, which was March 28th. Listen in as Chris discusses working with the 1995 national champion Montana Grizzly football team. Listen as he talks about his passion for his job and the student-athletes and patience he deals with. Listen to see why he would recommend pursuing a career in athletic training still today. I absolutely love that the suggestions for guests on the Buttecast keep pouring in. I am blown away by the number of recommendations, and I will certainly try my best to get to all of them. I also appreciate you telling your friends about the Buttecast and how they can listen in on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. You can also listen at Buttecast.com where you can find my columns or other stories. As always, please keep supporting our sponsors. They are the ones who keep the fun conversations coming. Tell them you heard them on the Buttecast. Now, let's get to know a man who has been so instrumental in the health of our student athletes and so much more, Chris Hurd. Uh-huh. All right, Mr. Chris Hurd. I'm here today partially because to, this month is uh, of March is uh, Athletic Trainers Awareness Month. Yeah, it's National Athletic Trainers Awareness Month. Yeah. yeah, and that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it
3: is a real thing. It's it's basically to one give the athletic trainers some recognition that they deserve. Yeah, and two to help educate the public on what athletic trainers yeah. do. You know that we're not just people that tape ankles; yeah. that we're truly licensed healthcare professionals, just like physical therapists, occupational therapists, nurses. Yeah,
1: yeah. And what you guys do, uh, of course, I've seen it firsthand. Over well, of course, I've we go back to when we were both at the University of Montana. I was trying to be a newspaper reporter, and you were you were doing what you do now as a student. Yeah, taping ankles and. And then all that, you know, of course, way more than that, a kid. Yeah. But uh, you were, you know, taking care of injuries back then and, and serious injuries. Because I remember when Josh and I, I was at a practice one time. I th- you were gone by then. But I was at a practice and uh, he had, uh, he was with the trainers and stuff. And Mick Denny, he was talking to the, to the team about how poor Josh, you know, what a bad break. And I'm like, what the heck happened to Josh, you know? And uh, so I went over to the one the one trainer. Or I asked Josh and he told me his ACL's gone. I go, so you tore it? And he goes, no, it's just gone. I'm like, what do you mean it's just gone? And he goes, I don't know, it's just gone. So uh, I walk over to one of my friends who was in the trainers, you know, I had known. And I said, okay, speak to me like I'm a five year old here and, and <laughs> tell me how his AC or ACL is just gone. And of course, it had been repaired a couple of times and it just kind of deteriorated away, you know. Yeah. And, but I realized, you know, what she was doing, even as a student, was you know so much more than taping ankles as you say oh, dealing absolutely. with dealing with the day-to-day injuries and and the wellness of the team and stuff so I, I've, I've had a good appreciation for ath- athletic trainers do for quite some time
3: yeah they again they work hard it's long hours uh, a lot of time spent with those kids those patients and but for those of us that have done it for as long as I have now and, <laughs> and even the new ones it's it's because you love to do it you love yeah. healthcare. you love sports. Um, it's a perfect mix. Yeah.
1: Is that why you got into it? Because were you a sports fan as a kid thinking, I want to be, I want to do something in sports?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I played a lot of sports growing up. I uh, played baseball up through muckers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, played football through junior high, a little bit of basketball. But, I mean, my graduating yeah. class was Gary Kane, Todd Erickson. Yeah, you graduated yeah, in class <laughs> of 89. Yeah. Yeah. There was a... It was tough to get some playing time if you were mm-hmm. only at best. And Lance over. Allen was in that class too. Yeah, Lance was in so, that class. Nice too.
1: contingent of of Grizzlies. Yes. From yeah. the Bulldogs in.
3: So, yeah. And uh and so uh, you know, I really quit playing then. And then in high school, Dave Mason Senior was uh the quote unquote athletic trainer for Butte High at the time. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't ever a certified or licensed athletic trainer, but dang Dave knew his stuff. And yeah. he he really worked hard at making sure he knew what he was doing and he was excellent at what he did. And so he got me into being a student athletic trainer, my junior year in high school. And so I spent every last Mm -hmm. period of the day with Dave and then, you know, did a lot of the practices and games and that got me into it. And I knew I loved healthcare. Uh, My mom was in healthcare. Yeah. Uh, She worked here at St. James for, I don't even know how many years, 20 some plus years before she, uh, got disabled. And, uh, so I loved healthcare, and I loved sports, and so, you know, there was really no other profession. I mean, I thought about PT school for a while, yeah, but then I got to to the U, and I, you know, it, it just kind of fell right into place for me. Yeah,
1: so, and now uh, now you're you it was about four or five years ago. You went into the Montana Athletic Trainers Hall of Fame. Yet, uh, and,
3: 2019, yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, so
1: four years ago. So I remember t- talking about that. So you're obviously accomplished but you were also kind of like an on on the beginning of 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 not really a boom or so but you got in at the right time you know you got in when it wasn't every day that you saw athletic trainers you know and you kind of came you got in your door you got your foot in the door right it seemed like a perfect time
3: yeah i mean when we started this program here at st james and butte there was two athletic trainers in butte mike Mm manrose up at montana tech and and the, you know, lovely Pam Green. The lovely and, and talented the Pam The lovely Green. and talented Pam yeah, Green. that's at, the official title. At Butte High. Um, and Pam was truly only part-time, really. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, so... she was a teacher as well. Yes. And so, you know, Dr. Dejoven helped us start or began this program. Uh, he started in 96. I started in March of 97, so I've been here 26 years. And uh, we just started to roll from there. You know, our first contract was Butte Central. We've had contracts throughout Southwest Montana. Some of these small schools, it's tough for them to keep the contracts because, yeah, it's a little spendy. But what the way St. James subsidizes the program, it's a great, great yeah. deal for these schools. Yeah, they kids can't can't pass that up. No, no. And now you know with Tech and Western, uh, the school district. So we have the two at Butte High and one at East Junior High, and of course Butte Central still. Yeah, and and do you?
1: How many schools are there overall? Because it's just not just Butte that you do.
3: No, the only one out of town now that we do okay. is Western.
1: Okay, the rest of them.
3: Yeah. yeah, the only one we do out of town now is Western. We're, we're looking at expanding all the time. We're, yeah. we're in talks with some of these other smaller communities um, to possibly provide them with athletic trainers yeah. as
1: well. But that's how, how lucky we are in Butte. If you have an athlete, student-athlete, to know the kind of care that they're getting every day. Because, you know, look at my son's over, you know, going to track practice later before baseball, and he's got, you know, Riley yeah. Ungeretti now. or like, no, one still want to call her Kenny. Yeah. And you got uh, Christine, and, uh, you know, they're in good hands if something happens. Yeah. You know, no we're, matter what happens.
3: We're one of the very few school districts, I would say, definitely in the state, if not in the country, that yeah. have an athletic trainer at their junior high. Yeah. I mean, we have Teddy Joe Peterson down at East, and there's not very many middle schools that yeah. have an athletic trainer. And that, that's a credit to the school district, too. That's a credit to you know Chuck Merrifield and Judy Joan Hart and those guys realizing that if we're going to have athletics, our number one priority should be the health and safety of our athletes. Yeah. And to have them at that junior high level is, is fantastic.
1: Yeah, and that's fantastic, too, even if you're not in athletics. Like, my daughter suffered a concussion in dance, which... I mean, I guess his athletics. Of course, the girls would be all over me. They're they're better athletes than I am by a million years. Well, my
3: daughter would be all over you. Yeah, the dance is athletic. Yeah,
1: but it's not a, it's not a sanctioned school sport. And my daughter's uh, she hit her head in dance, and you know, I took her to Doctor Joven for uh, she had a some little growth on her bone in her knee or something, and then I also said, you know, I think she might have a concussion. And so he starts looking at her and he says, "Did you ever have her uh, with the baseline test?" And I'm like, "Well, no, she doesn't. She doesn't." uh play any sports and he said well where did she go and i said well east middle school school well, she had a baseline test in him, so which blew me away yeah and then those so then she was working with the you know riley was down at east then mm-hmm. and she was working with riley to for her return to play protocol which took a while you know which was kind of a tough thing but that was such a big thing to have as as a parent that i didn't even know we had that she went through that and it was such a you know we put out reminded at ease knowing." You know, her return, when she was gonna be good, she was good. You know, right. we didn't know, oh, is she really good or not? You know, we knew once she had passed that baseline test that she was gonna be okay. You yeah. know, and that was a pretty good thing to have. It, I'll bet you most parents who don't, whose students don't compete in sports probably had no idea that's there.
3: Yeah. Uh, and again, our athletic trainers are mainly, I mean, the contracts to cover those uh, sanctioned sports, so yeah. to speak. We're not gonna not take care of a kid. Yeah. Um, that's that's our job, and that's the way we look at it. And we want to take care of all athletes. And, you know, athletes aren't just those that play sanctioned sports. Yeah. I mean, police officers are athletes. Firemen are athletes. Yeah. I mean, well,
1: they are now that Ed's not a police officer oh, anymore. Well, yeah. You know, your brother, Eddie. We- <laughs> of
3: course, Ed, Ed paid for several wings of this hospital probably with the amount of surgeries he's had to have over yeah, the years. Oh, yeah, but- with
1: his injuries from being a being a police officer and a sports official.
3: Yeah, yeah, between his his knees and his but he had elbow, the elbow yeah. yeah, yeah, he had plenty of injuries, that's yeah. for sure. But he's not alone. Uh, you know, no. I ran into Mike Anderson the other day, and, he, and uh, it was funny. He was calling me by the wrong name, um, but I didn't even notice, quite honestly. Yeah. And and then he was talking to me and my wife, and and uh, he was telling my wife that you know I I was the one who kept him on the court those last few years, which isn't true. Mike's yeah. in great shape. But yeah, as they got older, you know they get injuries too. And, and so taking care of the officials is part of what we do as well. Yeah. I and mean, that's just what we do as athletic trainers when we're on these, at these games, you know, I taped a lot of officials over the years. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I imagine they get, uh, get bumps and bruises and pulls and oh, yeah. different injuries that you're working through every year.
3: Oh yeah. And you know, they, they're running up and down the court, as you know, now, you know, yeah. and they're turning quick and trying to cut and, uh, you know, especially when you're working, you know, the Frontier Conference or those those faster games. Yeah. I mean, that, that takes some athletic... I ability. can't imagine how
1: fast that must be because I knew the difference between doing, like, Class A, you know, boys and girls, uh, JV and, and, and uh, freshmen, and then stepping up and doing sophomore and JV at Butte High with the boys. I couldn't believe how much more running there was to that. To Keeping up with that, that's got to be just impossible almost for the Frontier Conference.
3: Yeah, those 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 guys and gals that do the Frontier Conference, those are officials moving. have got to be in pretty good shape because they they move, you know, yeah. and, and different coaches, of course, coach differently. So some yeah. are slowing down and yeah, but yeah. Coach Thatcher
1: was probably he didn't have to sprint too much during his days at Butte High.
3: No, no, I don't think they <laughs> did. But uh, yeah, I, I I loved watching John Coach. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. I miss watching him. Yeah, yeah he he was uh, he was fun to be around. Yeah, you know, and and that's you know when Brody. Of course, and still coaching at Butte Central. But when they would coach against each other, and you know Mm -hmm. I was with Central, it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean you know they're they're so close, and yeah, but there was a lot of respect there too. And boy, Brody's a heck of a coach too.
1: Yeah, he does a good job. And you guys are there, of course. We saw with that you know the Buffalo Bill player course i can't even remember his name the hamler hamlin. hamlin yeah he uh with with his situation where the athletic trainer saved his life you guys probably you know people maybe recognize you guys a little bit more for a week or two but that's something that you're there for not only life-saving injuries you know i don't know how often you know cardiac arrest happens but it happens you know you know we've seen it around the country it happens and it could happen anytime but you're also out there for big injuries you're out there you know when someone we've seen kids hit their head on the floor and and fracture skulls in basketball we've seen ACLs we've seen back and neck injuries that you're out there to take care of and and you guys are your first responders
3: absolutely we we are trained in everything from injury to illness evaluation treatment rehabilitation but one of the things we have to be really good at because it's the one that you know if we miss an ACL or something like that that's it's still a big deal, yeah. and we don't, quite honestly. We're really good at what we do. But that emergency care is really important. Yeah, And, yeah, I mean, thank God that they had all the th- things they needed when Demar Hamlin went down. But we have the majority of those things, too, on every sideline in Butte yeah. or any game we cover. All of our athletic trainers have their own personal AED that goes with them everywhere they go. And yeah. so it's a big deal. Have we ever had to use it? No, thank God. And yeah. I hope we never have to. It's yeah. a big expense, but it's one of those pieces of equipment we don't ever want to use.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 and it gives you peace of mind when you're out there playing cuz that we've seen stories where that's happened where it happened in the high school basketball game and you see people scrambling because they had the device there, but they didn't know where it was. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking for it, sending it out, you know, and seeing people die. You know, I watched that on I think it was Real Sports with Brian Gumble. Had stuff like that where that actually happens. You know, the chance of it happening in Butte are remote, but it was remote happening where it happened where it happened, you know. Yeah. It was it was, you know, lightning striking. But it, it strikes more than lightning though oh yeah there, <laughs> you know. it's
3: happened here in montana yeah where high school kids had had a cardiac arrest and yeah. luckily no not with anything that we've been covering but that's why we train we do the education we do the training we have to you know we have to stay cpr certified aed yeah. certified um and our staff is is ready unfortunately if something yeah. like that happens they'll be ready yeah
1: and they have to be tough you know of course I, as i've said i've had an appreciation for athletic trainers being a sports writer for 25 years but as I was doing the refereeing this year, I saw a little bit different side because I was there. There's three times I was at a game where somebody went down, and actually, they're all three at Central, where somebody went down, and I thought it was two of them I thought was an ACL, one I thought was a really bad ankle, you know. And I just feel sick to my stomach thinking about it, you know. And one time this girl's down, and I'm like, I would go over to the table, and I'm like, where the heck? You got to get the trainer out here, you know, where's the trainer? Cause I saw the coach go out there, and someone said, Aaron's there, and I'll get was already. She was out there probably before I even headed yeah. to the table. you know she was there so fast, but and I feel so bad and it kind of and i'm it takes me out of the game as an official because I 'm thinking about that player it's got to be hard to go out and do that, of course, and it's funny that all three times you know out later on this Aaron, is that person going to be all right and two of the times it was just a it was a girl who was just being way over dramatic, and the other one was a boy who probably probably the same kind of deal, but neither of them were serious injuries, luckily Right. you know, but uh you know nothing that made them Miss more than a game or two, and but you guys see that where you see serious injuries and you're dealing with that. You're dealing with kids who are going to miss their senior season of football. You know, we you you were there when Dylan Cook broke broke his collarbone. You guys were there, yeah. You know, and you know Paul Campbell broke, tore his ACL and like a player or two before that. You guys were there, and you're you're dealing with that. So that's got to be a hard job.
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we one of the harder parts of the job is dealing with the emotional side with these kids. Yeah. You know. These these kids work their butts off to get yep. where they're at, and and then you take away in a in a blink of an eye the rest of their season, or maybe they're gonna miss their se- the rest of their senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Stephen Burns comes to mind for me when he tore his ACL up at Tech. Yeah. Um, man, it, it's it devastated him. Um, but you know, he's he's on the sideline crying, giving me a big hug because he knows I care. Yeah. And you know that's hard, and it's hard to deal with, but we're trained to deal with that too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we take, you know, that sports psychology type classes and and trying to motivate them that there's, one, more to life than, than athletics, but also that if we do the right things, you're going to get back. Things are going to be good. yeah But it takes them a long time to see that, and that's okay. I mean, yeah. it, it means so much to
4: them. Lone Peak Physical Therapy is your premier privately-owned physical therapy, occupational therapy, certified hand therapy, pelvic health, and personal training facility located right here in beautiful Butte, Montana. With over 21 years of experience, our team here at Lone Peak is hyper-focused on you, your goals, and finding a way to help you get better faster. We provide one-on-one care with the highest quality specialized services. Are you tired of dealing with your low back pain, arthritis, carpal tunnel, neck pain, headaches, and shoulder pain? Did you just have a recent surgery? Do you struggle with feeling off balance or do you get dizzy during your day? How about a custom splint built for your hand and wrist? Did you recently have a baby and now your body feels tremendously foreign to you? Look no further. We are here for you and ready to help you move better and feel better every step of the way. You do not need a doctor's referral to come in and see us. We accept health insurance and also offer comprehensive self-pay options. Don't settle for mediocre healthcare. Your journey to living better and getting back to doing what you love can start today. Give us a call at 406 494-7050 or visit our website at LonePeakPT.com to speak to an expert now.
1: Are you looking for somewhere to watch your favorite teams play or just somewhere to meet your friends? Or are you looking for a place to hold your big celebration or cater your private event? Look no further than Metal's Sports Bar & Grill. They can do it all. With their 31 big screen televisions, you will not miss a second of action. And a full menu of cooked to perfection favorites is sure to please. Try the vault burger, raise fingers, or one of Chef T's specialty items, or just enjoy a drink and some friendly company with Dave and the staff as you take in the action at Metal Sports Bar and Grill. Metal Sports Bar and Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star.
2: There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary.
5: 5518 Designs is your uptown Butte destination for all of your apparel and gift needs. 5518 offers their own line of in-house designed and locally produced apparel celebrating what we love about Butte and our Montana lifestyle. You'll also find outdoor essentials such as Chaco sandals, Dekine backpacks and gear, and Kavu apparel and packs. Something for the whole family. Visit 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in the heart of historic Uptown Butte and online at shop5518.com.
1: I think we needed to come over and talk to me when Caleb Bellage went down in the first first game (laughs) game of the NAIA tournament up at the Hyper Complex because I was in full-on depression mode and I felt so bad for that young man, you know, and I, and of course, and for the team, you know, but more for the, for him, you know, I wanted him to be part of that. Cause I, I got to know him a little bit and he's one of the nicest young men you'll ever meet in your life. Just a good guy. And to see him do that, I was in full depression mode. So you probably should have came over and talked to me <laughs> at that game.
3: I think a lot of people were, I yeah. was there and it was, uh, you could kind of feel the air come out of the gym, but boy, the rest of the team stepped up and, and of course, Caleb stepped up and kept being a leader. I'm sure. I don't know him as well since I'm not at Tech as yeah. much, but you know all of our athletic trainers speak very highly of him yeah. and how great of a, of a leader he is. And you know, and Adam Hyatt and those guys just just did an amazing job this year at Montana Tech with basketball. The rest of those kids stepped up, played some amazing games.
1: Yeah, that was incredible and was fun, wasn't that? That those two games were really fun.
3: I don't know in all my years at Tech that I've ever seen the gym that full. Yeah. and it was it was fun,
1: especially that second game, the second round game when they had all those. Kids, yeah. young kids, were on the, you know, that they were out cheering the hyper hooligans. Yes, they were. And it was, it was fun.
3: It was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, you know, Matt stepping and those guys at Tech. They, he has a great program going on yeah. in Montana Tech and great coaches and, um, it's just really fun to be around. Yeah.
1: Now, when you go out on a court like that and you sus- or a football field and you suspect someone's got a knee injury or you know they got a knee injury but you you can you can kind of reach in and feel their acl right on the field kind
3: of well we do special tests like lockman's or uh you know there's a lot of different special tests is what they're called that we do on whether it's an ankle a knee or whatever we're looking at and we try to do those almost immediately on the field on the court quickly because the kid's not guarding yet yeah they're not trying to protect themselves so to speak yet and so you can get a better feel on you know, is the ACL torn, is the, you know, ankle ligaments torn, whatever it is that you're evaluating. And then, you know, we do that briefly, check them, make sure that, you know, we're not dealing with any kind of major fractures, anything like that, and then we get them off onto the sideline where we can do a more thorough evaluation, make our determination there whether, you know, is this something we can possibly tape and get them back in the game, or do we got to go back into the athletic training room? Yeah, now, what
1: are your... What what are your when you 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 go on the field you think it's an ACL? How often is it an ACL when you think it's an ACL? What's your percentage?
3: Boy, I don't know. I I'm not saying I've never been wrong. That's for yeah. sure because I have. Um, you know, we all on just a physical evaluation, we're not all Nick DiGiovanni. That's for sure. He yeah. doesn't ever get him wrong, really. Um, but I I would say for the most part, I've been pretty accurate. If really? I thought it was an ACL, it was probably yeah. an ACL. Uh, as with most of my athletic trainers that work in our program, I mean. We, as athletic trainers, we watch the games differently, uh, especially when you're working a game. Like when I'm sitting in the stands with my dad or something like that, I'm watching the game. Yeah. Um, But when I'm watching it as an athletic trainer, I'm not necessarily watching the ball go in the hoop or when the quarterback releases the ball, I'm not watching it get caught for the touchdown. Yeah. You're watching the linemen. You're watching their legs. You're watching. Yeah. You you just kind of watch it differently looking for those injuries. You know, okay, so the quarterback got a late hit. Did he bounce his head off the turf when he got hit? You know, we're looking for all those types of things so that we can hopefully pick out those injuries. And if you see it happen, it's a little easier to also understand what happened and is is it this or is it that.
1: Yeah, and speaking of bouncing heads off the turf, concussions is such a big part of what you guys do. Uh, And that was something that really changed over the time that you've been here. I mean, because – and, and we see that, you know, because you probably, you probably still get pu- pushback from coaches. Not as much. You know, I know uh, Coach Peoples and Coach Gray, you know, have been open to it. You know, uh, there's some assistants sometimes are not necessarily open to it. But, uh, you know, when a kid has a concussion, there is a time when you might finish the game. You oh, know, yeah. you just got oh, you just got dinged. You know, that's what they'd say. And now you realize in the severity of all, you know, I, I look back and there's a newspaper story when Jim McMahon played for the Bears where the, the doctor on the team said he suffered a concussion in the first half, but it cleared up by halftime. You know, and it just and that's of course they he actually was played with an undiagnosed broken neck at one point too. So yeah. but that stuff's not happening now. The NFL of course the NFL makes a little less you guys look bad sometimes when, you know, there's so much money on the line and the guy gets a concussion on Sunday and he's cleared to play for the Thursday game. Yeah. Which just gotta drive you nuts. But but you guys, the, the concussion process, what you do now, is so thorough. It's unbelievable.
3: Yeah. I mean, again, like you are saying, I mean, 20, well, I, I became certified 28 years ago. Yeah. You know, when I was with the Grizz. And, and that, you know, back then, I mean, the standard of care was, you know, if their signs and symptoms cleared in 15 minutes and they didn't lose consciousness, you know, yeah, they could go back in the game. But that yeah. was the standard of care. That is yeah. not the standard of care anymore. No. Um, yeah, the impact testing, the... The Scat Fives, which is the sideline testing we do, um, you know, they follow up with a physician who understands concussions, yeah. uh, which not every physician does. Yeah, um, not all of them are trained in how concussions work, and you know, it's it's a big deal because you know, as we've seen over time, it can have lifelong effects yeah. on these kids. You know, especially once you start at, you know, adding concussion on top of concussion, they end up having some pretty severe possible brain injury to yeah. to trauma that can last a lifetime.
1: Yeah. And not only were you, you were, you were instrumental in, in the whole, you know, you and Dr. DeJoven you know, in, in changing the culture of concussions around town, but you also, around the whole state, cause you were kind of, uh, you were behind that bill a little bit. Uh, what was it? The Dylan? The Dylan
3: Steigers Act. Dylan yeah. Steigers Act? Yeah. Yeah. So I was part of helping, yeah, you know, draft that and, you know, was involved with a lot of people that by far wasn't just me. Yeah. Um, that, uh really, you know, worked and helped push that through the legislature. I testified in front of, the, you know, the legislature about how important it was yeah. to, you know, protect these kids. And because we understand, especially in a rural state like Montana, not every school is going to have an athletic trainer. yeah, And so the coaches need to be educated. The parents need to be educated. Everyone needs to be educated so that these kids have the best possible outcome if one of these does happen.
1: Yeah. And when, you know, you take your officials test every year or to be certified... Being officially, you have to pay, go take the video and, and pass a concussion test. You know, and coaches, you know, when you I've coached little league, I had to do that too because little league, little league wasn't under the umbrella of that Dylan Steiger Act, I don't believe, but they followed suit. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of they went along with it, and you know, they have their own protocols in for that. But that's the thing is, you have to. I've taken that, watched those videos, and taken that test probably seven times now yeah. over the years, and uh, and it seems you know. People think, oh, it's just common sense, but it's really—it's not always that easy, you know. It's uh, and and that's the key is if you think there's a possible concussion, you take—you don't let them play, right? You take him out, you know, because we've seen it where, you know, two concussions can kill you.
3: Oh yeah, well one can. I yeah. mean, it just
1: yeah. But if you get one on top of another, I mean, you're that's yeah, I mean, really big that deal. that
3: second impact syndrome can happen, and yeah, and it is a big deal. Yeah, and so I I'm glad that you know the, the act. Know, started it, but then a lot of those other places like little little league, little guy football, yeah. um, different things like that are following suit and trying to protect these kids too because it's really important, especially at that young age. Their brains yeah. developing, and, and not that it's not at the, the older age, but like I said, the yeah. NFL, those guys are, are paid to, to do what they do and they, they are well aware of the risks. So. Yeah. And if they're not, they're not paying attention.
1: Yeah. And it probably helps to have coaches who listen to you as well. You know, I I have always Ari Gray, I've admired Ari Gray a ton hopefully he's not listening to this to to hear that. But uh <laughs> it, right before the champ I think it was the Monday before the state championship game in twenty twelve, his his running back, uh, Dylan Eisenbarth, mm-hmm. goes up and tells him, say, Hey, I've been having headaches, you know, it's symptoms and and Ari didn't bad night. Say, Hey, go see the trainer and he knew once he sent Dylan to that trainer that Dylan wasn't playing in the state championship game. Yeah. You know, and there were years where of course, you know, the rub dirt on it you know, toughen up, you know, you'll be, you'll be fine. And, and that's an injury that's hard for a lot of fans to see. I mean, I remember Danny Leary missed a state tournament with the concussion and people are like, what is she doing? She's not hurt. Yeah, Like, yeah, she is. You just can't see it. So, but for Ari to just jump on that right away, that was very commendable, I thought. And and it's probably got to make your job easier when you have coaches like that. Oh,
3: absolutely. And he has been fantastic to, to work with. Um, you know, along with a lot of the other coaches as well, but, but Jake Ari's, Eisenbarth too. It's not Dylan Eisenbarth. It's yes, Jake. It is Jake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, ari has been fantastic to work with. He's, yeah. you know, I I I have no problem with coaches asking us questions. Yeah. Um. You know, every coach wants to know, and they want to know when can when can the kid come back and when can they play again, and our job is to make sure that we get them back as fast as we possibly can, but as safe as yeah. we possibly can. And, you know, I've had difficult coaches. I've had great coaches, you know, throughout my career, you know, and some, you know, like Don Reed, who was one of the most quiet, laid back. Yeah. But I've also seen him really fired up, you know. Yeah. If Dave Dickinson was hurt, Don wasn't very <laughs> excited about that fact. Yeah. Um, but it's the same at, whether it's with the Grizz or it's at East Junior High. I mean, the coaches yeah. want their kids to play, and that's their job. Their job yeah. is to coach the kids and want them to play. Our job is to make sure it's safe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Don Reed, I, I I love that guy. Oh, he's great. But you, you did, I've had coaches, I've heard coaches, I've actually, I've heard of coaches telling kids, oh, you can't go to the doctor. What are you doing going to the doctor? They're going to, you know, they're going to put, you know, just go down to CVS, get a brace if you're a cesarean kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, but those are, those coaches have faded away for the most part.
3: They have. And again, even those coaches, you know, I've found over the years, they still really do care about the kids. Oh, Yeah. You know, Just a they don't go different into those professions, yeah. and especially the coaches we have now. I mean, nobody's getting extremely rich coaching at you know. And I'm not saying Montana Tech and Western, yeah. and they aren't paying their coaches. They are. Yeah. But nobody's, you know, nobody's making a million a year, and yeah. so they really care about. It's kids. not Nick
1: Saban you're we're dealing with right Exactly. Yeah.
3: But they, but they also have a job, and their job is to win games. Yeah. Our job is to make sure that all the players that are on the field are safe to be there.
1: Yeah, and and still, uh, you know, Eric Gray would agree with me on that. I think the – I'm not sure who was the athletic trainers at the time when they won the state title. But uh, – because Riley wasn't certainly there yet. She was – No, I think hardcore. it was Maisie.
3: Walters and maybe Brian Fitzpatrick back then. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I know. I'm pretty sure Maisie was
1: there. But though. you know, and then, but you know, Ari Of course, Eric should get more credit than he dishes out because he he studies the science and stuff, and he changes his practice. He changes. You know, he wants when to sleep, what to drink, water. Mm-hmm. You know, what to do. He he really pays attention to that stuff. But keeping that team healthy, because I, of course, there's some people who want to want to kill me for this, but that wasn't the most talented team in the state that year. You know, they were good. We had, we had Dylan Cook whose real name is Dylan? Right. Or not? Or, or not Dylan Cook? It wasn't really Dylan Cook. It was uh, the older Cook, uh, Dylan Cook's brother,
3: um,
1: uh, Dallas Cook. Dallas. <laughs> I can't get my name straight. I think it's early dementia here for me. But uh, I. Uh, so we have Dallas Cook. We have some great receivers. We have Dalton Dom. We have some great defensive players. You know, uh, in so many good players in that team. But they were healthy. They didn't yeah. miss a lot. Other than the state championship game at the running back, but still we had Zach Bunny. Yes. To go in there and play. But for the most part, they didn't miss a lot of game time with injuries. And that's not to say that they didn't take hard hits or whatever. They just had the the right approach, I think, that helped them stay healthy. And I and I see he Ari likes to give your guys an assist for that state championship. Of course he gets it, I think, for listening to the trainers and following that advice and being proactive and stuff. But yeah, he that, really
3: that, took that, you know, the the more the more you hit, the better chance of concussions and that. And he yeah. extrapolated that all the way down the line to every injury, and it's true. Yeah. I mean, the more full contact, live contact they have, there's a better chance of injury. Not saying you can't tear an ACL with nobody around you on the middle of a football field when you're yeah. making a cut. But he knew the healthier he kept his team, you know, the better they were going to be. And that's kind of what I've seen from him since. And and he does a great job of that balance yeah. of Getting them prepared to play, which you've got to do some hitting to be able to be prepared to play football. Yeah. But not going overboard. Yeah. And trying to keep the kids as healthy as possible.
1: And he saw how many injuries occur practice versus game. And you realize there's a lot of injuries that happen in practice.
3: Oh yeah. You you practice a lot more than you play. Yeah. I mean, especially football. I mean you play one game a week, whereas you're practicing four or five at minimum. And so, just the exposure rates are just much higher in yeah. practice.
1: Yeah, and things have changed. If you, I think people who played football, even in the early 2000s, probably watching a practice today would be shocked at the difference in a football practice.
3: Yeah, yeah. They're for the most part, most coaches I know have gone away with, you know, doing the full, all the time, live, one-on-one yeah. hitting, you know, yeah. kind of stuff. It just. It doesn't make them that much better by any means, and you definitely have a higher chance of injury.
1: Congratulations to this week's Lescavar Honda Athletes of the Week, East Middle School 8th graders Kaylee Maring and Riley Mingus. Both take home the honors after their second season participating in unified sports at the school. Maring receives the girls' honor after showing that she was a strong force for Coach Shahan's Wildcats. Mingus is the boys' honoree after playing forward for Coach Dennehy's Eagles. Congratulations, Kaylee and Riley, and thank you, Lescavar Honda, for honoring the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City.
2: Hey, Butte America, John Davis here at Lescavar Honda. If you've been
1: putting off the purchase of that new truck or SUV, now's the time to start looking. We have one of the largest selections of cars, trucks, and SUVs, and prices that just can't be beat. Most of our vehicles come with a 20 year, 200,000 mile warranty to help with those costly repairs and giving you that peace of mind. Since 1957, Lescavar Honda's been here for you. Stop on down to see us, Lescavar Honda. Lockmer Plumbing is more than Butte's complete union plumbing shop. Whether it is sponsoring Little League Baseball, High School Athletics, Montana Tech, Youth Racing, 4-H, Mining City Christmas, Action Inc.'s Homeless Solution Program, Head Start, or Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Butte, Lockmer Plumbing is always looking out for the people of the Mining City. Owned and operated by Troy and Amy Lockmer since 2002, Lockmer Plumbing can handle all your residential, commercial, and industrial plumbing needs as well as making repairs and installations on all plumbing and boiler systems. In the heart of Uptown Butte, Lockmer Plumbing can also assist on new construction and planning for your new home or development. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerPlumbing.com today. Lockmer Plumbing has your pipes covered and so much more. You know, I was watching... the. Uh documentary timeline on the NFL network about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first 26 games and that some of the players were saying that they they were all hurt because John McKay had them beating the hell out of each other during practice so much and you know they had like 12 knee surgeries out of the first in the first year and some crazy thing you know but that was the mentality back then you know you were a wimp if you needed water other than right after practice you know you had to hit each other so much and stuff and uh, it's changed and and I, th- I think a lot of that change and has been the, the, the implementation of, or the of more athletic trainers around. You know, yeah. the, the athletic trainers are actually certified athletic trainers, and that makes a big difference.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, cert- national certification has been around for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but state licensure in Montana just started, I think. Oh seven, oh nine, I can't remember. I was the yeah. chairman of the board of licensure for yeah. the first nine years of its existence. But so it, it hasn't been around that long, especially in a place like Montana. Yeah. Um, you know, again, that wasn't that long ago really, that there was only two in Butte. Yeah. And so the more we can get out there, the more we can educate, the better off everyone's gonna be. And and again, our goal is that every kid plays in every game, just like the coaches. Yeah we're going to make sure they're safe to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're not the enemy there. That's taking them away.
3: Yeah. And and again, you know, I, again, I don't blame coaches. I've had a lot of coaches being really mad at me.
1: Yeah, parents probably too.
3: And parents, and that's okay. I again my job and, you know, you know, Nick and I he came up with the mantra, you know, our job is to preserve the health of the athlete. And yeah. that's always been our mantra here at sport, you know, for sports medicine through St. James. And that's true. That's our job. That's what we are here to do. And if we can do that, your team's going to be more successful too. And most coaches understand that we're part of the team. We want yeah. to be part of the team. We want to make them all successful, but not at the expense of someone's health.
1: Yeah. And speaking of being part of the team, you were part of that team when the Grizzlies won the 1995 National Championship game. Yeah. You're yeah. there on the sideline with your – your. would probably had a backpack, fanny pack full of stuff. Oh, yeah. Tape and everything. And you're taking care of guys and – and that game was one of the, Dave, you mentioned Dave Dickinson earlier, of course, was one of our heroes, you know, yeah. always will be in Montana. Uh, that was one of the toughest performances I've ever seen in that championship game alone because he was sacked 10 times. Yeah. And that was a team where I think, you know, hopefully Randy Riley and Brian Toon aren't listening to this. You know, they had the safety. Uh-huh. That was the difference in the 22-20 game. But I would venture to guess that of the 40, <laughs> the 22 starters, Marshall was better than us in 21 yeah. of them, but yeah. we had Dave Dickinson.
3: I would agree with that. I mean, <laughs> Dave was the difference. Uh, yeah. You know, not that, you know, Mike Earhart. And oh, we had some great players. Sean yeah. Gokicchia and, 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 and Blaine <laughs> McElmurray, all those guys yeah. on defense. Of course, Brian and Randy. Yeah. Uh, they were amazing. Uh, the sack was was amazing. That game was amazing. Yeah. It was just, you know, Andy Larson kicking the field
1: goal. And I was talking to Brian, I ran in the other day, the day after St. Patty's Day, and I, he was talking about that field goal, and it was like 47 yards. Yeah. I, For whatever reason, it seems like it was like a 25-yarder. I don't know what the deal was. Of course, probably wasn't there. I was watching it on TV. But I don't remember – I don't remember – I never gave credit to Andy Larson as much. I thought it was like a chip shot field goal, in my memory, for whatever reason, for those years. Oh,
3: well, it was clutch. I mean, it was, yeah. there was no time really left. I yeah. mean – Marshall got the ball back with a few seconds left, and got and tried a sixty-yard field goal. But yeah, yeah, there, it was clutch. I mean, there was there was a lot of pressure. Yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, that was uh, such a performance by Dickinson to get sacked like that. And you had to deal with he, he was dealing with injuries. Not only that game, but his whole career. He, of course, his junior year, he missed the playoffs with an injury. Yeah, you know when we had the what was it? Was it a Canadian kid or was it a <coughs> – Woolberger or something like that? was it, I don't even remember. I can't even Quite remember his name. Yeah. Yeah, he played for him. I think he was can, a Canadian. But uh, So what was, what was it like working with Dave? Was he just unbelievably you know, tough? Uh,
3: yeah, he was, he was extremely tough. And, and more than anything else, he was simply smarter than everybody else on yeah. the field. And that included most of the coaches, quite yeah. honestly. I mean, Dave just he understood the game. And he was, he was also like a 3.98 student or a 4.0 student. Yeah. And, and so he was just really smart. And he was tough because he wasn't big. I no. mean he's not no like he was, he was a it was smaller six. than me. it was yeah he wasn't, wasn't a big guy. guy. but he was tough, uh, extremely competitive, extremely competitive. just never wanted to not succeed at every play yeah. every down but understood if we didn't that there were more chances. Um, yeah he was he was a lot of fun to be around uh, and just a really nice guy. Too. I mean, yeah. I really like Dave, but a lot of those guys on that team were just great guys to be around. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I remember the when they had the celebration at the field house when they came home, mm-hmm. and they had people talking, and they had Matty Wells speak, and they brought a chair for him to stand on. You know, because mm-hmm. Matt was he was small. He was oh yeah, he yeah. was five five or if that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they listed him at five eight or five nine, but I would agree, he's Matt was probably five <laughs> five five six. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, five six tops. Yeah,
1: soaking wet. But uh, I remember him talking, and uh, Dave was his first roommate. They put Mm -hmm. him with, and he said something along the lines of like, "This guy's not a quarterback; he's a bookworm." Yeah, and he says, and Dave probably looked at me and said, "This guy's a horse jockey, not a receiver." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
3: they were. That's the other thing about that team was they were all good friends too. I mean, they all got along. um, You know, they they were that that brotherhood. They fought for their brothers and. They were a tough bunch of bunch of guys, and just really cared about each other. And again, one of the best experiences of my career, and and happened the first year I was I was a certified athletic (laughs) trainer. So pretty
1: good timing. Yeah,
3: I mean I've had some amazing experiences since then too. But that was that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that was the last team with the gold, copper and gold too. I
3: still have the jacket I wore at that game. Do you? I don't think it fits anymore, but I still have that (laughs) jacket. Still have it. The kids can wear it someday, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's the black and the no. the Texas orange or copper, whatever yeah. you want to call it.
1: And what was like like to work with Don Reed? He's one of my favorite coaches. I have talked to him a few times. I hadn't, I went like I I talked to him and then I hadn't seen him like in a year. And after talking to him once, and he sees me at a practice when he came to do a TV game. He was retired. And he comes walking over, knew my name, talked to me like we were friends forever. Yeah. And I thought that was impressive. Uh, he could have been a politician.
3: Oh, he could have been. I I haven't seen Don in a long time uh but he was great to be around. Uh again, he was like every coach, wanted every kid to play every game, every down. Yeah. Um but he never really, you know, was too bad. Never screamed and yelled when the athletic trainers yeah. came in because we would do Monday morning injury reports and we'd have our injury report with coaches every yeah. every day depending. Um and you know, there were times he wasn't happy with the with the message, but he didn't wasn't very often that he tried to kill the messenger. Yeah. So <laughs> he, he was pretty easy to deal with as far as that goes. And, man, did he love those kids.
1: Yeah. Well, didn't he not play? He wouldn't go to a game unless he found a penny, heads oh, up he, or something like that. Crazy.
3: He, I think Don used to plant pennies, actually, for the for the players to find. Yeah. But they always had to be heads up. So too. players
1: had to find the pennies? And
3: Well, I don't... He never... I mean, he would leave them out, like, in front of the field <laughs> house and stuff. But they were always heads up because, you know... Yeah,
1: tails tails didn't work.
3: Didn't work, yeah. So, um yeah, I think he... I think he left some out there for him because, it, you know, that superstition that it would bring him good luck and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So. And, and
1: then you go, so you were there the next year as well, right? Yes. And th- so you go from Don Reed to Mick Denny, Yeah. To say night and day, it would be an understatement because Mick is old school. You know, he yelled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he yelled at you a couple <laughs> times. He, I know he yelled at me a lot.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, Mick was, but it was a blast too. I mean, they, yeah. they, another great group of kids. Uh, you know, with yeah, they graduated a lot of people, but, you know, Brian Iott was the quarterback and, and, you know, a lot of those kids were, were still back too. There were some that were back. Yeah. Um, and you know, Mick was a great coach and, yeah. and he'd been around. Great offensive line and everything too. You know, I, I knew Mick from before and, and he knew who I was, you know, uh, that's for sure. But, uh, it was, it was good. It was, I enjoyed being around really? him, quite honestly.
1: <laughs> He never uh, chewed you out any too hard. Oh, I, you know,
3: I'm sure he yelled, but again, <laughs> you know, I, I've had lots of coaches yell, so yeah. to speak, but it never—it's not personal. Yeah, they're not mad at me. Yeah, they're mad because Dave Dickinson can't play. Yeah, they're not—they're not pissed at Chris Herd. Yeah, you know, they're—they're they're really upset with the—the the situation, and if they want to take it out on the message. I never took it personally. Yeah. Some athletic trainers, you know, it rubs them the wrong way. I never took it personally. See, that's
1: the difference between being a sports writer and being an athletic trainer It's because it's usually personal when they're yelling at the reporter because they didn't like something you wrote. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not fun when Mick didn't like what you wrote and you had to sit down and talk with him after. It was not a fun conversation.
3: Oh, I bet it wasn't. I, I bet you knew that he wasn't happy
1: about it. Oh, he'd tell you. Yeah, he'd tell you straight up. <laughs> but he I, I always, he was always honest. Yeah. And uh, I, I loved him. Of course, and he had my back always too because – I was a Butte guy, so you know, he mm-hmm. he knew, you know, he, he knew there was he was treating me better than he was treating the guys from Missouli and who weren't Butte guys, <laughs> that was for sure.
3: <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he was. Yeah, he, you know, above all else, still, you know, mix a Butte guy, and and he's uh very proud of where he's from, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and then you uh, so that was 97, was that your last football season?
3: Uh, 96, 97, yeah. so because it was 95 when we won it. Oh, yeah, 96, and and so, so you weren't there and I graduated. With my master's in 97. Yeah. So that's why I started at Butte Central like in March of 97.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it was 97 season when Paffer was a senior and yes. his ACL disappeared. And then he still went out and caught like 17 passes or 15, 17 passes. That's the school record. Yeah. You know, after being in the hospital with a fever like the Monday before.
3: Yeah, Paffer was, he was a heck of a player. And I, I enjoyed, because he was there, of course, before when yeah. I was there. You know, he was there with me too. And I I enjoyed being around Paffer. and. And a lot of those Butte kids. I mean, there was a lot of Butte kids that went to the Grizz back then. Yeah. Um, they, were, they were fun to be around, and they were yeah. uh, great players.
1: There were a lot of them. And, uh, you know, when they lost the championship, actually on the way to the championship game, the late great Mert Riley, who we lost last, mm-hmm. a year ago, St. Patrick's Day, I believe, he had a plan, which I wish Mick would have listened to. It was to line Paul Jenkins up a cornerback against Randy Moss. Because the theory was, if you put Paul Jenkins across from Mother Teresa for three plays, she's going to take a swing at Paul Jenkins. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> Paul was a trash talker. like no, it, One of my favorite people in the world. But he, he could trash talk like nobody's business. They figure he put him out there. Randy Moss is going to take a poke at him. He's going to get kicked out of the game. Yeah. And that increases their chances so much of winning. Although, that was such a... If you take that, you took Randy Moss away from that Marshall team. They were still really dang good.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think there were times we were triple teaming Randy Moss. Yeah. And then they just run the ball. Yeah. I mean they Or they really could still th- even throw it to Randy then too. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. I mean he was he was at minimum six inches taller than anybody else in our defense. Yeah, that was that we
1: had five eight, five, nine cornerbacks.
3: Yeah. And he ran a four two forty or whatever it was, yeah. had a forty inch vertical. It was like, Well, what are we gonna do? I mean yeah. we'd just have to tackle him when he went to leave the line. But yeah. if we didn't, they ran the ball. Yeah. But their defense didn't really stop the Grizz that year either. I mean, they, I think it was they scored twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, was the score of that game something like that? I so it was like what 45, 27, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so we couldn't really stop them offensively, but they didn't. It's not like no. they completely. Yeah, Brian and I had a, had a good game. Yeah,
1: you know, and Joe Douglas, I believe, had a big game. Mm-hmm. He was and, a good player,
3: and uh, they had was Pennington was their quarterback, right? And then went on to play in the NFL. No, year.
1: Pennington was there the year before when they won and then he redshirted because they brought the transfer from That's Florida. Right. And I can't remember that guy's name if he ever I did anything cuz they had a brand new coach who came from Florida that year. And yeah. Pennington redshirted and he actually wrote a co- weekly column in the newspaper in Huntington, West Virginia during that football season. Oh. And I yeah, remember reading I that for the game. That.
3: Yeah, I but it was it was a so great So when couple we did years. beat him,
1: so and that's what I say is the Grizzlies had the, they were better at that one position than ninety five. For sure. They were better, and that was Chad Pennington was a freshman. Yeah. Dave Dickinson was a senior. And I still think Dave I mean, they they wouldn't he didn't get really a good shot in the NFL because he's five ten.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He I think if they would have given a jet shot. Today
1: they would because, you know, Russell Wilson, you see these guys who are, mm-hmm. you know, five ten. The guy who was gonna be drafting the first couple picks, you know, guy from Alabama, you know, he's five ten. Yeah, you know, ish, you know, right around there, and he's going to get a chance. And I, and I think, of course, I look back at on the the clown car of quarterbacks the Bears rolled out over the '90s, and then <laughs> the nearly Well, until <laughs> tell Justin Fields, Dave Dickinson would have been an upgrade by a big ways over any one of them if they'd have given him a chance.
3: Oh yeah, I I I really believe in my heart that Dave could have been successful in the NFL if yeah. they gave him a chance. Yeah, without question.
1: And they never really did. His only chance I thought he was going to get, then they signed Doug. The Chargers signed Doug Flutie right after.
3: Yeah, and yeah, in, I thought he had a shot at, at, at San Diego, yeah. too. and that's
1: the guy who should have been 100 percent in the NFL his whole career too. It's Doug Flutie.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, he he just Dave just understood the game better than anybody else. Yeah. And and he I think that translates, and it still does. To yeah, that's why, that's he's, why he's so still successful as a coach. Yeah.
1: yeah, so good. Now, so you when you left you left U M, you 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 move back to your hometown. And you get a good good job opens up because the Joven Doctor Joven's doing. Yeah, like Doing I said, that. So he— That he, was good timing again for you.
3: Yeah, he came in 96, summer of 96, uh, part of his agreement to come here. One, he, he wanted to live in a smaller town, a yeah. caller, uh, you know, that's just yeah, He comes, he's a team true. doctor from the Steelers. Yeah, which was great for me because I'm a Steelers fan, so— Oh, are you? Yeah. Um, but he, he wanted so to So were you a fanboy for
1: the first couple of years?
3: So what was he like? What was he like? Is no, that- <laughs> I didn't bug him too much about yeah. it, but it, it's been pretty neat See, to See, I, to I bug him like
1: that, yeah, I'm a fanboy of it.
3: You know, it was pretty neat to get to know like the Steelers athletic trainers, though, like John Norwig, and I've met a lot of Man. their team physicians and a lot of Nick's buddies. Yeah, I mean that that was, that's been some of the neatest things. too. Pretty cool. Uh, but it was, yeah. He was he wanted to start a sports medicine program. I was graduating. Um, I, you know, of course, knew some people in Butte. Kathy Hill was my boss back then. She's she was uh, Holly Ferguson's position. Wow. Um, and so I interviewed. He's like, Well yeah, if we have a local kid that can start the program with, that's probably even better. Mm. And of course I knew everybody at Pete Central. I yeah. mean the Peoples and us I've known them since we were little little kids. So
1: Yeah, well you were related to the Petrinos. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, so yeah, and the Petrinos of course, were
1: my cousins. And and Bob Petrino's you know, I think there's a picture of Bob Petrino probably on the wall above Don peoples' mantle. Yeah. You know, the Pope <laughs> and Bob yeah. Petrino. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Butter was was uh uh, an excellent coach yeah. and, 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 quite honestly, a great uncle too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so it worked out perfect for me, Bill. It was just lucky, Yeah. you know, and it's sometimes definitely better to be lucky than good, I guess. Yeah. And the timing worked out and I've had the opportunity to, to go different places or possibly, you know, take another job. But, uh, I mean, uh, now mm-hmm. this is this program, uh, it means the world to me. Yeah. Uh, and I know it meant the world to Nick DiGiovanni too, and it still does. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna carry on. Uh, it sucks losing him. He's uh, those are some big yeah, to fill. Yeah,
1: I felt really uh, when I saw that he was retiring, I was like, just say it ain't so. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I you know I know I said it in the in his little thing for up at Montana Tech. Uh, he's was an exceptional surgeon, uh, exceptional doctor, um, a great mentor. Taught me so much over the last 26 years. He's also a great friend, yeah. and uh, you know I'm going to miss him a lot. Yeah, uh, we'll stay in touch. There's no doubt about that. It's not like he's not like he died. He retired, yeah. And he's you know, he's going to live lives. up by like Clancy. I believe he's planning. Yeah, just around. so he can be closer to his grandkids and his kids, and and yeah. that's you know perfect. So he's not going. You know, we'll see him a lot still. Yeah, I think you'll still see him at some tech games yeah. and stuff like that.
1: What What is it about him that made him such a great doctor all these years?
3: Um, you know his his attention to detail. His you know he. He in in the OR we're um, just seeing a patient. He wanted he really had the drive. He wanted to be perfect. He yeah. wanted it to be the very best it could possibly be. And that might irritate some people, but I'm sorry if if a doc is cutting me open and they're like, "Meh, close enough." Well, I you can want be a very perfectionist. Happy. I want somebody who's a perfectionist, and and I'm not saying Nick was you know extremely hard on people that weren't perfectionists, but he drove you to you know, present your best case, no matter what it was. I mean, he loved yeah. data, loved doing research. He never stopped going to, you know, classes and training and doing his continuing education stuff. Um, and then he he always yeah. expected us to raise the bar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was never, um, uh, the bar was never, we never got there, you know, yeah. because we get there and he'd move it. Yeah. And that's great. That's great. I yeah.
1: Mean, Made you better all the time.
3: Yeah. I remember the first thing he said to me when I got inducted into the Hall of Fame. He said, well, that's great, but <laughs> we're not done. You got to yes. keep going. I'm like, oh, well, we're going. We're, yeah. we're going. And, and that's where we're at now. Uh, you know, I, I don't expect to lower the bar one bit just yeah. because Nick DeJovan you know, has retired. We're going to keep moving forward. And uh, we've got a, a great uh, fellowship trained orthopedic surgeon coming in the fall. Uh, it's going to be, we're going to keep moving forward. I promise.
1: Nice, and so you worked at Central for a few several years. You ten. were ten, so you were the you're the head athletic trainer at Central, and then at one point you took on Montana Tech and Central at the same time.
3: Yeah, one fall I did both.
1: How uh, how did you get any
3: sleep? Uh, I didn't. Yeah. It was uh, that was a tough fall. Yeah. Um. Uh, the the other athletic trainer was still at Tech, but it was just me at Butte Central, and so. I went back and forth a lot. Luckily they're not too far apart. Yeah. Um, you know, didn't leave Central High and Dry. We we had an athletic trainer coming in January. And so, you know, I worked with Joe McLafferty and of course beat Central was great to work with. Um, you know, never left anybody high and dry and and then uh yeah, I just I worked a lot. It yeah. was it was a it was a long four or five months. Not that you don't work a lot as an athletic trainer anyway, but yeah. Those four or five. No, I,
1: I see tough. the hours that they're putting in, you know, and they're not just standing around. No, you know, they're doing stuff all the time. You know, they're 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 working, and uh, I see it. You know, I'm not, a lot of people might not see it, but I've that's one thing is I've been able to to see it, and I got to know all you know, or most of them anyway. You know, most of the athletic trainers that you've had, but now your uh, your job's a little different now. You don't you're not actually not hands on as much. No, you're, what what's your title now?
3: I am the manager of therapy services at St. James. Yeah. Um, but I was for my last several years when I was at Tech as well. Yeah, And it, uh, it honestly, all credit and, and thanks to, to Holly Ferguson, uh, who's my boss. Yeah. She just basically said, you can't keep doing this. You yeah. can't keep working 70 hours a week. Yeah. And um, she was right. Yeah. Uh, I miss being at Montana Tech and being around the, the, the student athletes and the patients. and Yeah. But I don't miss missing my kids' stuff. Yeah. I don't miss getting home at 9 o'clock at night, and my kids are already in bed. Um, yeah. I get to spend a lot more time with my family. And and as hard as it was to walk away, um, missing those things was even harder. So okay. um, it, it's been a good change for me. I know my kids and my wife are much happier. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe Nikki's not way any happier than <laughs> I'm kids are more. anyway. <laughs> but I think my kids are. Um, but, yeah, I, I do miss it. Um, you know, I spent 12, 13 years at Montana Tech and 10 years before that at Butte Central. Um, but I still try and make the games as yeah. much as I can. Um, and we just want to keep playing, you know, keep, keep the athletic trainers up there. And really, it was a better thing for Montana Tech, too, because my time and my attention wasn't divided.
1: Yeah. You know,
3: they now they have the full time there that is, you know, in place of me, so to speak, that um, their attention isn't divided. You know, they don't they don't ever have to leave tech to necessarily make a meeting down here at St. James. Yeah. And and so uh, it's it's a much better deal for, for both parties. Yeah. You know, and plus my attention here is much more concentrated. I can make sure I'm taking care of all of our athletic trainers and our physical therapists and occupational therapists and not, you know, I don't have to well, I'm sorry, I can't have that meeting with you right now. I have to go be a practice. Yeah. And so it's it's a better for, for both institutions yeah. as well.
1: Is your house too cold, or is it too hot? Either way, Lockmer Sheet Metal is here to help. With more than 40 years of experience in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning trade, Lockmer Sheet Metal strives to bring quality service and knowledgeable work to help with your HVAC projects or needs. Lockmer Sheet Metal offers repair services for all forced air, central air systems, installation of new HVAC systems, service contracts for maintenance and service, all residential and commercial applications, fabrication of sheet metal for all types of projects and ventilation and exhaust systems, as well as commercial heating and cooling. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerSheetMetal.com to warm up or cool down with Lockmer Sheet Metal, your local dealer for train heating, cooling, air handling and ventilation products. Remember Lockmer Sheet Metal for all your home heating and cooling needs.
2: Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouthwatering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Granda's, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Granda's can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Granda Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrande-steakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat.
5: Dig City Supply has everything you need to cheer on your Montana Tech or diggers with the largest selection of locally designed and produced, fully licensed apparel and gifts. Bulldog and Maroon fans can shop their huge selection of fan gear for your teams and schools as well as a wide selection of Butte-themed items. Modern, classic, wear your pride from Dig City Supply, a division of 5518 Designs located across from the parking garage at 43 West Park Street in Uptown Butte or online at digcitysupply.com.
1: Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump
0: and in the store. This message is brought to you by Anno Designs in Anaconda. I know what you're all thinking. Foley, you twit. Why are you letting this Anaconda hack get connected with the Butte cast? Well, folks, money talks. Anno Designs is a printing and direct-to-garment shop in Anaconda. But that's not all we do. We actually specialize in embroidery and graphic design. We also dabble in sign creation and vinyl banners, also decals for your motor vehicles. Now, there are so many great options for screen printers out there. Take 5518, for example. You all know the work John and company do in Butte. And like me, they support local guys like this who started a podcast, Really Original. But if your current printer is too busy to get your job done in a timely fashion, why not give us a try? For a limited time only, all new businesses who place an order with Anode Designs will get their screen, embroidery, and graphic design origination fees waived. Just call 406-563-0121 or email LLC at gmail.com and use the code Foley Who during the consultation. Anode Designs is a proud supporter of the ButteCast and is pushing hard to get more Anaconda talent on the show. Don't just take it from me. Listen to the buttery smooth voice of a Butte legend tell you.
3: There's two things we like about Butte. It's 24 miles away and Tom O'Neill. Welcome to Copperhead Country. It must be
1: good to work with Holly because she seems like she's a very intelligent person, even though she has horrible taste in men. Yes. You know, Mary (laughs) and Scott. But uh, she is so smart and such a nice person. She she must be fun to work with.
3: By far the best boss I've ever had, and that's because she never ever acts like your boss. Yeah, Um, she truly cares about every single um, associate you know, caregiver is what we call them here at St. James that works in our department. Uh, And not that's not a she kind of she truly cares about every single one of us. Um, She's honestly one of the most amazing people I know, one of my great friends. Um, I can't imagine working with somebody else besides Holly. She is fantastic.
1: Yeah. So are you technically, uh, the boss of Deanne Johnson?
3: Uh, technically. Yeah. um, Nobody's uh, the boss of Deanne Johnson though, right? No, no, absolutely not. Does she
1: scare you as much as she scares me?
3: (laughs) Not anymore. I've gotten to know DJ pretty good (laughs) and, and no, she doesn't scare me. Uh, and, man, is she a great physical therapist. Yeah. Um, and so we're lucky to have DJ uh, along with everyone else. Yeah. Uh, you know, Melissa Ritter is probably what you call her. Yeah. Yeah, um, Melissa Swanson. Swanson. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and all of them. Uh, you know, Jake Den. he works for us now. Man, he's phenomenal. What a good guy. Uh, Gus Trost. Uh, we, we, just everyone. Uh, you know, I can't name all 40 people that work in our yeah. apartment, but they are fantastic. And it is truly a pleasure to work with them every single day. Yeah. We have a great department who, because of Holly, we're a family. And that's really the way we we treat it is we're a family. Yeah. And, yeah, sometimes we get mad at each other just like all families. But we, we always move on together and, and move forward. So it's it's a great place to yeah. work.
1: And the work you do, of course, I could attest uh, Bruce Saylor. You know, he had that wreck when 2002, December 2002, he's driving home from work and has a heart attack, yeah. slams into a the pole there on the corner of Wyoming and and uh Park Street, firewall, the engine comes to the firewall, shatters his legs, among other things, he's broken ribs, he had yeah. all kinds of things, but he's walking today, and you see Bruce walking, and he takes his grandkids for walks all the time because of D.J yeah, D.J didn't take no for an answer. she pushed him, she knew how to put you know, pushed mm-hmm. him to the absolute limit, and I, I honestly, and he would say the same thing if it wasn't for D.J. He, you know,' Dr. Gallagher put him back together. Which did right. did a tremendous job, you know, you, you know, you know, he kind of did the Humpty Dumpty job. Yes, <laughs> he was able to put them back together. But DJ, he's walking because of what DJ did, and that's got to feel good for you guys when you see stuff like that, because that's probably something you see all the time. You see somebody come in here, they're a mess, and then they they go on and they can they can live a life after.
3: Yeah, it, it is. It's very rewarding, and that's you know, it's part of what I miss too. You know, not being at schools anymore and dealing yeah. hands on with the patients as much. But that's not my job. Yeah. My job is to make those that do do that. Yeah. They're, it's to make their job easier. Yeah. And it's to support them in any way I can. And um, it's, so it may be not quite as rewarding, but, man, it's 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 fun to, to give them the resources they need or the support they need to help let them do those things. Um, yeah. You know, and that's my job with the athletic trainers. Um, you know, we were talking all the hours they work and how hard they work. Part of my job is to make sure that they have a good work-life balance too. Yeah. I really work hard at it, and and I you know I harp on them all the time. If if it's getting out of control, your work-life balance, you got to tell me. Yeah, because I want to fix it. You've got to have a life still. It yeah. can't just be work.
1: Because mm. that's what Holly did to you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. She. Did. Yeah. Yeah, because you were you were working round the clock.
3: Yeah. Well, and it was. You know, and, and unfortunately, it's you know, we're, we're salaried. We're exempt employees. Yeah. So yeah. My, my pay went up in the sense of I, I make you know the same amount, but yeah, my per hour pay. Per hour went <laughs> through. Yeah. yeah. It
1: went, went a little better than it was. Yeah. You hate that when you're working salary, you probably hated to think of what the per hour was at some times when you're putting in 70, 80 hours a week.
3: Yeah, at times. And again, like every athletic turn, you got to expect. I mean, two a days, those times. Yeah. And all, it's crazy. Mm. But when you get the chance, when there's downtime, like in the spring— yeah. or you know over christmas break you got to take some time and you got mm-hmm. you got to recoup and you got to you know recharge yourself. the
1: downtime is less and less the seasons yes, it there's is. The, the seasons overlap mm-hmm. you know the basketball starts before football ends track starts before f- basketball ends yep. and so there's just no downtime and then there's a lot of stuff going on in the summer there's yep. just there's just a hard hard for you know as a sports rider i know it's hard to take it was almost impossible to plan 2 days to go to lagoon yeah you know last year last summer for me so i can't imagine what it's like for people who just can't easily leave
3: yeah i mean luckily for us we don't have a ton like in july anyway i mean there's some camps at the schools and some things like that but i really insist those guys try and get away as much as they can in like july and and even in june but you know a lot of these, you know, there's camps, and yeah. we cover the camps, and we're covering all that stuff, and so.
1: Now your cousin Kyle keeps it pretty busy during, during yeah. camps up yeah. there, Kyle yeah. Sampson.
3: Yeah, but I mean that, you know, Chuck Morell did too, and yeah. you know that's just kind of what these colleges do. But even you know, Ari and them have their couple camps, and, yeah. um, you know, Butte Central does theirs, and and that's great. But you know, I need our staff to get away too. Yeah. They need to break. Yeah. Because um, again, you know, I. I agree that, you know, we all got to work. We need to pay our bills. We need to do that kind of stuff. But you need, you don't need to, to live to work. You yeah. need to work just so you can go live and, and do the things with your family and yeah. your friends and and do the things that are important to you outside yeah. of work as well.
1: And speaking of your family, how old are your, your boys now? You got two boys, right? Uh, no, a boy and a girl. A boy and a girl. Okay. Yeah,
3: I, uh, 13. Uh, my son's 13 and my daughter's 11.
1: No. So you're busy then.
3: So, yeah, almost 14, almost 12. Yeah. Yeah, they're 6th and 8th grade. Yeah, so. And is
1: your wife Nikki, she a Butte girl?
3: Uh, no. Uh, well, she's, she went to Anaconda is oh. where she graduated from. Grew up out by Fairmont. Yeah. Uh, and that's still where her parents live is out by Fairmont. So get,
1: you married an Anaconda girl. Huh?
3: Yeah. I yeah. 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 I'd still say she. So
1: you she, don't win any arguments in your household? No.
3: no. <laughs> I don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> no, she, uh, she's amazing. She's put up with a lot over the years. So yeah. me being gone and.
1: No. Did you guys meet in college or did. No,
3: no. Long after school. Really? Yeah. She's four years younger than me. Um, yeah, it was actually a long time after school. That's, that's why I'm 51 and have a an yeah. 11 year old. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, I, I, I love watching my kids. Uh, my son's not really into sports, but yeah. that's okay. Uh, you know, I, you know, I've had a lot of people be like, well, you're an athlete. Sure. You're not going to make your kid play sports. No. I'm like, only thing I want to make my kid do is try and get good grades and be happy. Yeah. Um, but he's a, he loves being outdoors. He rides his mountain bike, rides his dirt bike. Uh, loves to hunt, fish, ski. Whatever. If, if he can be outside, he's outside. Like yeah. yesterday, he was out riding his mountain Does bike. Does Uncle Denim take him fishing a lot? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they do some fishing. They uh, Denim uh, uh, and Carrie take the kids to Jordan for like a ten to twelve days every every June, and oh, hang out at Four Peck with with Denim's family. And the kids love it. And my daughter plays volleyball uh she does the traveling volleyball, and then of course grade school she'll she'll keep going in junior high and then she does dance yeah um, and so but they they love being outside it keeps which you busy, is, which is I do too I yeah. love you know we camp and fish and all that kind of stuff as much as we can so
1: and now that you hopefully have a little more time to do it uh, yes thanks yeah. to holly
3: <laughs> yeah it it uh it's been a lot more enjoyable yeah i I thoroughly enjoy that,
1: yeah, and you still go to the games. As much as I can, yeah, because you yeah. you have your season tickets there behind the bench of Tech.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try and go up with my dad as much as I can, and and he doesn't miss anything. That's for sure. And, yeah. and my mom were a staple there for a long time, and um, boy, they, they sure enjoy going to all the games. though. they, you know, we go to beat high games, we go to Butte Central games. They not, hmm. they don't care. They just they always just wanted to be there and, yeah. and enjoy the games. And and my dad's the same way now. He still just wants to go. Yeah, was your dad a Butte high guy? Um, so actually that, and this is why, you know, my family's never been one of those Butte High, Butte Central families yeah. because my, my mom and dad both graduated from Butte Central. Okay. And then when my dad got a job back here in Butte, it was with the school district at Butte yeah. High. So then all through school, we all went to Butte High and yeah. through the public school system. And then when Carrie graduated from Western, she started teaching at Central. When I came back from the U of yeah. M, I was at Butte Central. I mean, and so, but my dad was with the school district until he, retired from the school district and yeah. became the county superintendent
1: yeah those are good those are the good families as uh, i you know it's never been butte high versus Beatt central in
3: my house you know it's right. butte yeah
1: you know and that's good to hear
3: yeah we always supported them both i mean my dad of course he he refereed all the time when i was younger yeah. uh he announced for kbow uh forever he did all the bulldog yeah. games the tech games the copper kings uh, yeah. you know so it was great i got to go with him at all those games and you know sit in the stands or sit in the booth with him and frazier mcdonald a lot so no,
1: Frazier. yeah so you did de- that he kind of helped you develop your your passion for sports at a young
3: age then oh absolutely yeah yeah absolutely and he coached our you know me and baseball all the way up through babe ruth yeah and then i played one year of muckers um and uh, eddie lester and jack hogar were my coach Oh, were they? Yeah, that was that was fun here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are fun guys. Yes, they are. Yeah, the sheriff. You see him on TV being serious all the time and stuff, but he is one of the funniest, most fun guys to be around. You ever? Oh, he ever is. See. Yeah,
3: I I really enjoy conversations with him. He's he's a lot of fun to have a conversation yeah. with.
1: Those guys are pretty good coaches too.
3: They were, they were, yeah. and you know, as as you know, uh, you know, as even at Testaments last year with, with Eddie Lester. I mean, you know, what he did for Fons and, yeah. you know, get him to swing by and stuff. You know, Eddie loves the game and loves Legion Baseball in Butte. And oh. um, uh, that was that was really yeah. neat and good to see before Fawns yeah. left.
1: Yeah, and I, I had Jack as a football coach at Central Junior High. Oh. And uh, that was the one time we played in the Jamboree, the, the eighth-grade Jamboree at uh, Bulldog Memorial Stadium, which wasn't called that yet. It was just called East Junior High at then. And uh, I, w- I thought I was going to tackle Josh in the one time, when he <laughs> hurtled me. Jesse went, I've written about it several times, but he hurtled me, and I looked down the field, I'm laying there, and he's got the ball out one hand like Walter Payton just <laughs> zigzagging down the field, you know. And at halftime... Hoagie says, "You guys are making Paphos and look like a superstar out there." <laughs> We're like, "No, Jack, he's making himself look like a superstar." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> he he's doing that pretty much by himself.
1: Yeah, which of course, and we got to see it firsthand. Oh yeah. Dude high with state championship, and then the Grizzlies national championship.
3: Yeah, God, Josh was the heck of an athlete. Yeah,
1: but and you got you got to see a lot over that. That's pretty. That's kind of cool about part about your job is you got to see a lot of good athletes, in probably a way that most people will never get to see them.
3: Oh, absolutely, and, and and so many since then, too. I mean, my time at Butte Central, some of those teams were were so good. I mean, you know, the years of Stagnoli and Alex mm-hmm. Murphy. And that was fun years, and yeah. Matt Bicorni and all those guys. Man, they were great athletes and just great kids to be around. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, Brooke Bicorni, you know, yeah. so not just the guys. The gals yeah. were amazing, too. I mean, yeah. those years of Butte Central softball when they were back-to-back, you know, when – Yeah. yeah Undefeated seasons. And
1: yeah, the 99-2000 teams were so much
3: fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, those people were were so much fun to be around. And then the, the really neat part for me was when I left Butte Central and went to Tech, so many of those players, the boys yeah. especially, yeah, one but was- including including Brooke, ended yeah. up at Tech. You know, they came up to Tech, too, at the same time, or right close to yeah. the exact same time. You know, Adam Farring and and... You know, JT McIntyre and all those guys. And and poor JT can't, you know, I always bug him. I'm like, you gotta just, I know you're living in Billings, but you can't even drive by Herb Clinch Field. No. I mean, you're gonna get hurt if you do.
1: Yeah, were you there when he. No, I was not there at that game. Yeah, they didn't even have a. I was standing right next to where, you know, I was keeping stats. And he hit down and his arm broke like it was like a Joe Feisman break on his arm. Yeah, I have a video of it. And uh, I might even be in the video. I'm not far away from it. (laughs) You might be. And uh, they didn't have an ambulance. They put him on the back of a tractor, like a John Deere, and drove him across (laughs) the field. Bounce, 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 bounce. I felt so bad for him. Yeah, that was that was a rough one.
3: And that's probably the probably one of the best parts of being an athletic trainer is those relationships you build. Yeah, Um, you know, like JT's a great friend now. You know, Jake Stagnoli. Although they're good friends, Um, and uh, boy, it's 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 neat to see him. It was kind of funny that not just this past summer or whatever, JT got married. No, oh, yeah. And I was at the wedding reception, and you know, Coach Green's there, and we're talking, and and then my wife and I are just talking, and she's like, "What are you doing here?" And I was just kind of staring out on the floor, and again, can't name them all, that's for sure, but all these Butte Central Tech, you know, yeah, all of them are out there, and I'm like, these are like my kids, know yeah. my friends, and it was it was just neat to see all of them together yeah. in such in one spot, and get to visit with all of them, and um, you know, I'm not too sure, JT, you know. Didn't make a mistake. Invite me to his buddy, but I'm glad I was there. Uh, he's a great yeah. guy, and, and they all are. And I, and that's probably the best part is building yeah. those relationships, those friendships over time. Yeah. You know, you can't treat them as a friend when you're when you're working as their athletic trainer. But once it's over, you know, yeah. they, they tend to appreciate what we do for them. Yeah,
1: especially the guys who have had to see you a lot.
3: Yes, <laughs> yeah, and JT spent a lot of and time. JT with you.
1: He, he had some bad luck over the years. Yes, he did. Yeah, so. All these years later, though, the the, the field of, phys- of uh, athletic trainer is that something you would still recommend kids going oh. to college and pursue that career?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's a very rewarding field. I'm working hard to to make it pay what it's worth. Um, you know, I think we do a great job here at St. James uh, paying our athletic trainers. Uh, I'd still like to see it be more. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an extremely rewarding field if you love healthcare and you like sports or love sports there's there's nothing better i mean you know that a lot of athletic trainers say well i, I get paid to watch sports it's a great job you know yeah. you do see i think you've said the same thing that's why
1: i did when yeah. to be a sports writer i knew i couldn't but, pass the classes to be an athletic trainer though. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it was it is a, a great profession yeah uh and you know there's there's bad places to work and there's good places to work just like any profession yeah and i my job is to make sure that this is one of those places that is a great place to work.
1: Yeah. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time. And I believe that you're going to declare April, uh, writer slash podcaster awareness month. Okay. So hopefully, hopefully I get a month.
3: Oh, I'm, I'm all for it. I'll, but, I'll interview you for that one. Yeah.
1: But, but athletic trainers definitely deserve at least a month, maybe six <laughs> or seven of the year.
3: <laughs> well, you know, all I can say is, you know, thank you to every single one of them that works on our staff. Um, every single athletic trainer had an influence in my life. Uh, and uh, you know, if you're out there and, and you listen to this, when you when you get a chance, thank those those guys and gals that yeah, for sure that take care of your take care of your kids because they're working hard and they truly do care.
1: All right, well, I appreciate your time, buddy.
3: Thanks, Bill.